uh, Carol here, founder of Singi Trust. Singi turns for this this August and in celebration, I'd like for us to help Msingi get 4,000 streams on the Msingi Talks podcast, get to 40 countries uh, listenership. I'd like you to follow our pages, Msingi Trust on, on Instagram, get us to 4,000 people, 4,000 people on Facebook at Msingi Trust and 400 Twitter followers. We'd also be very happy if you got us to if you signed up to become a patron of Msingi so that we could get 40 patrons I know you're able to do that so let's do this and happy birthday Msingi Hi and welcome to the Msingi Talks podcast a podcast hosted by Msingi Trust this podcast ventures deeper into issues of faith advocacy activism and makes connections between these worlds Psalms 89.14 states that justice and righteousness are the foundation of God's throne. And here we unpack how the church, as the body of Christ and institution, can faithfully embody justice and righteousness in both word and deed. Karibuni and let's do justice. Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Msingi Talks podcast and for this podcast it's quite a a special one because one it's happening in the month of August and as uh, and August is Msingi's birthday month so at the beginning of this episode recording you heard uh, about our campaign Uh, please go and support us on all our social media platforms as we seek to grow and then the other reason is because I'm hosting my friend uh, who is um, the Kenya Fighting Equality Alliance coordinator. And we are going to be talking about an event that's happening on the 13th and 14th of, of August. Yes, yeah. Antony? Yeah, so we'll, yes, and so we'll be talking about um, the the global fighting equality alliance but also the kenya fighting equality alliance and today we want we just want to find out how can you and i be uh participants in and uh and participants in the quest to fight inequality so drum rolls as we welcome antonia <laughs> antonia karibu sana to the singi talks podcast i've been trying to get you here <laughs> For quite a long time, but please introduce yourself to us and let us know who you are. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, even me, I've been trying to get on the podcast. <laughs> Clearly, yeah, it, it 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 was time was due. It was the time for us to be together here. Um, my name is Antonia Musunga. I identify as an intersectional feminist, a fight inequality activist. I am a Kenyan and an active citizen by my own standards and definition. And I'm very happy to be here today. Um, like I said, it's a conversation that is is time not only timely but very important now, especially um, as we prepare as and continue mobilizing around the global festival to fight inequality. Uh, this the end of towards the end of the week, so it's Friday and Saturday, and 
you can check out the pages. Either I'm thinking Trust will also be screening lifetime sessions. The Kenya Fight Inequality Alliance page on Facebook and the Fight Inequality Alliance page on Facebook. There's a registration link. You don't want to miss um, this festival. You can imagine being part of a festival that is in over 26 countries in the world. I mean, I would want to be part of that and be on the front lines of fighting inequality. So yeah, come join us and I hope you enjoy this conversation. All right, thank you, Antonia. So before we begin the meat of the conversation, I want to hear something about you, about something that gives you joy uh, you can share with us something that gives you joy and also something that brings you sadness. What in the world brings you joy and what brings you sadness? I think uh, <laughs> I think the smell of plants and flowers gives me a lot of joy. A child's hearty laughter also gives me a lot of joy and sunshine. Um, it's been very cold, so you can imagine how tough how much I have suffered, but thank God there were still children around me and the plants and flowers were still around me. Something that gives me sadness is seeing how low humanity levels I have, have sunk. I think there are times, and I have shared with you, Carol, in our yeah. French private conversation, I cannot possibly comprehend how evil and bad that people have become. I do not, like sometimes I my heart breaks at how low the standards of humanity are mm -hmm. and or even non-existent. Does that make sense? Thinking yeah. about you no know, the policemen who killed the two brothers, the Kianjokoma brothers in Embu, what mm -hmm. was going through their minds as they beat them, the way they beat them until the Christ Christ, you know, that that absolutely breaks my heart. It and it's it's sadness. I cannot even explain how it sits with me. Makes me uncomfortable. Makes me want to ask them. You know, did you think about them? How much pain they were in, and their families, and the community loss. Because those are very young people with their whole lives ahead of them. And what had they done? They were simply outside after curfew. I mean, a simple arrest, booking them in the occurrence book, uh, giving them community service or whatever punishment would have sufficed, right? So yeah, that really, really makes me sad. And there are many examples. I mean, I feel like we're in, we're in, we're, we're witnessing pandemics of low levels of humanity within the COVID-19 pandemic. And I cannot, like, I can't even comprehend how um, that, and that, how, that how, how that can get, you know, those, that, that level of not caring, not loving people, being completely inconsiderate. It's, it's just, yeah, quite sad. Yeah, I think the, and it's true, like you find, you ask yourself what, when we used to say be humane, nowadays mm -hmm. being humane is, 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 is not what you want people to be. Like I wish, I when you say, when you used to say be, be humane in the sense of be good, nowadays you, 
I, I hesitate to say be humane because right now humanity sometimes tends to, to, to be the worst of creation. Yeah, like be humane against what standard or a thawit standard, right? Yeah. yeah. And what gives you hope? I think what gives me hope is the resilience of communities, even despite um, what the disadvantages that many communities experience, right? Despite the system being stacked against uh, vulnerable communities, marginalized communities, it's that sections of our society, we keep on showing it, each other up for each other, you know, uh, supporting each other to demand justice and fairness and equity, um, you know, and daring to challenge a system that doesn't support us or love us or embrace us the way we do. That gives me a lot of hope. I think uh, the fact that we continue to wake up and show up on the front lines of fighting injustice and inequality every single day, we have not resigned in um, in hopelessness or to say there is nothing that changes, that we continue to hold um, uh, duty bearers and leadership to account. You know, despite not having so many wins, I mean, in the last one year, yeah. we continue to push and advocate. And one day, you know, uh, and and mobilize each other and say, look, this we are all in it until the very end, like yeah. to the very last one of us. I mean, that gives me a lot. Of yeah. And yeah. I've had my moments of despair, to be honest, and you know it, where I'm like, yeah. I make this activism business. I'm no longer doing. <laughs> and then yeah. you know, I just see uh, new people fresh young minds, old people joining the spaces and the activism against injustices and unfairness. And I, I, I also find myself you know, feeding off their energy. So that gives me a lot of hope. Mm. I think our ability to also uh, communicate with each other, mm. even when situations are very difficult. I mean, COVID happened, and everything that happened around the response by our leaders was not that we weren't in the picture. I mean, as ordinary people, yeah. <laughs> it's like there was a response for ordinary people, and then the the elite were planning their own response. But communities fed each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. we showed each other care. If somebody was sick, they were taken care of at night during the curfew. So there's a lot, there's still a lot of good things that happen and they give me a lot of hope. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I think this is where um, mutual solidarity amongst active, activists and active citizens is, yeah. has been my my place of hope for the past two years even. Because mm -hmm. I just, I think I find um, the way people rally around people, that gives me hope. So thank you for, 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 for being very key in also a lot of the solidarity amongst many people. So we want to talk about uh, an event that's happening this week, but more than the event, it's the rationale uh, of the event. 
Antonia, you are part of the Fight Inequality Alliance. Could you please tell us who the Fight Inequality Alliance is and why, uh, and why, why Fight Inequality Alliance and then what's happening this week, this weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, and why? Uh, so maybe just to start by explaining uh, what the Fighting Equality Alliance is all about and why we are doing what we're doing and why it's important that people join the Fighting Equality Alliance. So um, the Fighting Equality Alliance is a movement and in, in many parts of the world from Kenya, South Africa, Zambia, India, Mexico, Brazil, the Philippines, Nepal, um, where organizations at different levels, international organizations, national organizations, community-based organizations, faith-based groups, activists, individuals like you and I, Cairo, um, who have realized that it's a, now is when we need to fight inequality, have come together to, to challenge a concentration of power among a few elite and powerful, both within our countries, within our continent, and in the world is unfair. And it means uh, other people do not get to enjoy their full rights and freedom, but are also vulnerable to exploitation and abuse. Uh, it's based on the premise that the more power wealth gives people political, social, economic power, and they are able to influence how governments run their business, democracies, freedoms, and rights are protected, especially in contexts where governments are supposed to like protect workers, poor people trying to earn a living, maybe through farming, um, things like that. But what do the elites do? Uh, they they influence those decisions. So you find, like, for instance, in Kenya, you find, um, like, I remember my first light bulb moment of inequality was when, I think it was 2018, the budget was being discussed. And the government had increased the fuel, the tax on fuel, school books, medicine, and you know what that means for most of us, right? That things will become more expensive. But helicopter parts had been exempted. Wow. And <laughs> we were, I was just a new member of the Alliance then, and we were like, what kind of lobbying power? Do, how many people, first of all, do you know somebody who owns an helicopter, right? It's only the person who, like you and I are not importing helicopter parts. It's only somebody with an helicopter who would need to import spare parts, right? So what kind of a lobbying power does somebody who has the kind of money to buy an helicopter has that us, people who are buying school books, uh, paying bus fare or own a car, um, and or buying medical supplies or medicine have that we do not have, right? Mm. So it, 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 that paints the picture of how, you know, powerful people who have gained power through amassing wealth and monetary things have, mm. I, you know, in the way taxes are paid, in the way governments are run, 
in the way democracies and the rights of the poor are protected or taken care of, right? Mm. Yeah. So that is the premise that, that the fighting equality alliance. Mm-hmm. Of course, here in Kenya, you we've seen the inequality divide, and even more so what has been exposed before COVID, even much more during the COVID period. Mm-hmm. But elite were buying stock, were building um, ICU beds in their homes, yeah. while nurses and medical workers and doctors did not have protective equipment to respond to a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And what that that means, I mean, if I am a nurse and I am trying to decide whether, where to go work, I will go work in the private ACU, right? Which means Mm -hmm. public hospitals are grossly understaffed Um, and things like that, right? So even when you think about things like police brutality and how the police interact with people from poor backgrounds. I mean, even give an example, if a police arrests you in, for example, in Nairobi in Karen, they will probably read you your rights and tell you we need to go to the station. You can even drive your car there. Yeah. We've all seen how police and the people in the poorer neighborhoods of Nairobi. So it's those differences that when you realize that people's dignity are determined by their social economic status and position that we need to fight back and and one, uh, challenge the narrative that makes this happen, but also push for structural changes so that whether or not my, uh, I'm taking my child to an expensive school, or you're taking your child to a public school, both of them have an equal opportunity to to access good education, to have a dignified livelihood or life, or they they can access, you know, parents are not trying to decide whether to feed their children or take them to school or take them to a hospital, that those services are available for everybody, despite the class or or the, the economic position they occupy. So that is the premise that, um, the Fighting Equality Alliance works on um, protection of all human beings and dignity, despite their their positions in the community, how much money they have. That all of us deserve humanity and fairness and equal treatment, mm. uh, without having to exchange value for life versus value for the uh, versus the economic status of somebody. And uh, thank you. And this is why I'm really proudly associated and a member of the Kenya Fighting Equality Alliance because I, I believe in the dignity of all. And um, at Msingi, we 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 work tirelessly to center justice so that those whose dignity has been taken away from them mm-hmm. is is restored. And. <laughs> For, for for this week and some of the ways that um, Kenya, the global fight inequality does is hold uh, events and festivals and all that. So yeah. there is an event this week. Why, what is it and why did you, um, what, what, was, what was the goal for this event? What is the goal for this event? Uh, this event has, several goals. One is to recognize that a lot of 
organizations, coalitions, movements, communities are responding to inequality every day by one, bridging the gap uh, where government and leadership has failed by providing those services, and especially even doing much more in a pandemic to um, to take care of communities. So we want to celebrate um, that kind of work and effort. That to learn from each other and share experiences so that, um, like I said, the globe, the festival, the Global Fight to Inequality Alliance is in many parts of the world, right? So we're going to have sessions from many groups, many organizations, many movements from all over the world where they will be sharing stories um, and sharing experiences and we will be learning from each other uh, from Friday, and all the way to Saturday afternoon. Um, two, we also want uh, the festival to be a space of challenging, taking action together in solidarity. Like I mentioned, one of the things that I am very, that gives me a lot of hope is the fact that we are able to mobilize, you know, in very difficult and uncertain times for sure, right? Um, yeah. And to remember that we will still have, we will have a prolonged pandemic if we are not, we do not fight inequality and call for the structural changes that we need for human, for, for human rights and protection of people living on the front lines of inequality is done. Yeah. So we, there will be sessions where we'll be taking action, collective actions, virtually and in person where uh, COVID-19 guidelines allow. Um, the festival will also be a, a place where we we show we we share talents, um, art art expressions. You know, in in terms of recognizing that um, there are artists and artistical expressions play a very important role um, in the fight against inequality, but also to educate and mobilize people. Um, the festival will also be calling us to reflect on ourselves. Um, you know, case in point, the, the, the session that Msingi Trust is hosting on faith and in, in the fight against inequality. And there will be also sessions for, for collective care um, to just recognize that even this work as we do it, that we need to self-preserve and take care of ourselves and our communities. So in a nutshell, that's what the session will be. The, the festival will be about. So expect tons of learning, tons of sharing, networking, um, creating new allies and solidarity actions together, but also personal reflection and care during the, the festival. For, for people who, 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 who don't catch the festival, mm -hmm. how, and they're very interested in in what the Kenya, uh, the Global Fight Inequality Alliance does, because the reason we are having this conversation and recording it on a podcast is that the fight of in, the fight um, against inequality continues wherever you are, and yeah. uh, goes on past this um, the twelfth and the thirteenth of August when uh, <laughs> the festival will happen. How do people plug in? in uh, fighting inequalities, wherever they are, and beyond the weekend? Um, 
I think before we even talk about plugging in, I think my one of the things that I like to say is that the fight against inequality has no spectator. That it's not the Olympics or the World Cup where some of us can just cheer on uh, the stars as they take on the challenges and the demand for structural change. There's something for everybody to do. There's something for young people to do. There's something for artists to do. There's something for church and other uh, religions, uh, you know, to do to challenge inequality. That the call, like I said, when we began, my thing is how law have of of humanity standards grown. Um, and the thing is to say that if we recognize these things and that they are harmful to us, uh, why are we, you know, why can't we take collective actions together? That this fight has no spectators, right? That it's either you're already in the front lines of inequality, that maybe you lost a job, a business, and you're already uh, being pushed back uh, in terms of your economic security, financial security, and we've seen that. Or like we say, like uh we say in Kenya that you are one medical bill away from poverty. Yep. So yeah. so you spectating has no there's no sense of preservation. There is no sense of safety in a spectator. Msingi is a Swahili word meaning foundation. Our name and mandate comes from Psalms 89.14. We host engaging conversations on faith, social justice, and advocacy across all our social media platforms. We also offer training and consultancy services to help you navigate the world of social justice and faith. To engage with us, visit our website www.msingitrust.org, follow us on all our social media handles at msingitrust, or email us on Info at what I'd say is join the fight against inequality. And the, like my favorite thing about the fight inequality alliance, you can join as yourself, as Caro. I can join as Antonia. Or if you have a group in church or anywhere or, uh, or your savings group or your old alumni school association. I'm just thinking about the groupings we tend to be part of. You can mm. join the fight in inequality alliance as you are or in whatever group you're part of. Mm. They, for instance, the festival, there's a lot of things we can learn. How to use social media to push for change and demand for change or to mobilize and educate people. You know, things like that. So, you don't need to be an expert to join the fight against inequality. You can join You can join as you are. We learn and build our education levels consistently within the alliance. And, you know, not just during the festival, throughout the year we do this education session. So you will, you will get the, you know, you will learn and get the skills as we, we move to fight against inequality. But how you can plug in is if you go to the Fight Inequality Alliance website, it's just fightinequality.org. There's a sign-up form. What will happen? You will sign up there. And then uh, the 
people coordinating or organizing meetings, events, education sessions in your country or within your county in, in the case of Kenya, will reach out and invite you for a meeting. That's how you become an alliance member. There's no fancy contract that you sign. There's no membership fee. Because like I said, this fight has no spectators. And truth yeah. is, we are, we are at a point where there's nothing else. <laughs> mm. The thing is, uh, if we do not mobilize as ordinary people, it is yeah. us who are at a losing point. The elites are already organized. And like I said, they have a lot of lobbying power. So we mm. must come together and build a mass movement collectively, learn yeah. together, challenge these systems together, demand for better services and 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 better tax uh um, fair, you know, fairer taxes for ordinary people, things like this, mm. so that if you sign up for the fight in equality alliance conversation or to be part of the movement, do not also come alone. Bring somebody yeah. else. Like my biggest dream is to have fight in equality alliance actions in markets, in mm. in churches, because truthfully, all of yeah. us are at a losing point if we do not organize together. That's true. All right. So, so you hear that uh, the Fight Inequality Alliance uh, over all the all the countries that we uh, that this podcast is broadcasted to. You could Google. Uh, you could go and find what uh, your local chapter is doing and how you can join into these conversations. Antonia, will, they, uh, will there be recordings of the sessions that people can go to? Yes. Um, yes. So if you look, if you check the Facebook page, the, there will be a streaming of the plenary session and then all sessions that happen after the plenary. So there will be many sessions going on at the same time. So there could be a conversation about um, faith or taxes or budget or organizing around debt in Africa. And many activists and community and movements will be leading those conversations. So we'll be uploading those sessions on our website beginning Sunday and Monday. So even if you miss anything, just go onto our Facebook pages and you will see them. Um, beginning Sunday and Monday after the festival is concluded. But what you can do so that you get notified when those sessions are uploaded is sign up, register for the festival, right? So that when you, when even if even if you register for the festival and you are not able to attend the one session, right? Because there yeah. will be sessions that are happening at the same time, you will still get notified when the session you missed will be uploaded on our website and our social media pages. Um, do not register alone. Do not mm -hmm. wait to be told, uh, to somebody to, to tell somebody else. Um, I, you know, I saw this, I listened, and I I find this great. You no, know, register your friends. I think mm -hmm. one of the ways we can reclaim uh, uh, our humanities is to share this knowledge. I mean, why would you be the only person who understands what inequality is? Be yeah. nice. Start. This is when to start. Invite people. Get them to register. Uh, get them to like our pages, both the Fight Inequality Alliance uh, page and the Kenya Fight Inequality Alliance page. Uh, 
also on social media, those are on all platforms, those are our, our handles, they are the same everywhere. So the Fight Inequality Alliance page will give you information about all the movements in the world, around the world, and then the Kenya one will specifically focuses on the Kenyan organizing and movement building here. So follow us, share those links with your friends, uh, check out if there are any uh, joint actions that we are doing on social media and offline and take part and get other people to, to, to join us as well. I think the other thing uh, I'd like to say is um, that we need to be aware that we're here uh, because the only way we can get out of the situation of the kind of inequality we've witnessed and mm. the unfairness in how um, our leaders have responded to COVID is to mobilize together and yeah. propose the solutions, you know, make the solutions that protect our majority of us, the ordinary people popular. So unless we are having these conversations and pushing and telling our elected leaders or our, our leaders within counties, government, national governments that this cannot go on, then we there is no way popular people's solutions will be popularized. So this mm -hmm. is just the beginning. Uh, do not sit on the fence. There's a position to be taken here. I don't think this is a, this is when we say we are nonpartisan. No, we are. Yeah. We are choosing the side of fighting inequality and challenging the structure that enable inequality to thrive and sustain it. Yeah, and yeah. Um, this. Thank you for saying that because I, in scriptures, and as you know, Antonia Msingi um, uh, bridges the gap between faith uh, and activism and justice. Um, God always sides with the oppressed. God is. Uh, it has preferential treatment um, uh, for those who are on the margins and people who who've and uh, and really uh, hates oppressors and systems that oppress. So, and Msinki is hosting a conversation on the role of faith actors in fighting inequality. It will be on the thirteenth uh, on the Friday. It's Friday the 13th or the 14th, the 13th. The 13th and um, yeah, 12.30 p.m. East African time. But what I want to ask you, though, is why is it important for faith actors, whether Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, all of them, why is it important that faith actors have this conversation on fighting inequality? And what lessons do we learn from each other, faith actors and non-faith actors? What, why is it important that we we have these conversations? What lessons, um, what lessons do we learn from each other? I think um, the most important thing is because um, everybody else who's benefiting from inequality as it is is organized and have a lot of power that can only be challenged by a mass movement of people coming together. So that said, um, I mean, already, as you've explained, um, God hates injustice. And that the very calling of religion and most religions, um, including Christianity, um, is that 
we, one, we, we show each other love and care. Two, we do not, we reject all forms of evil doing and unfairness. And that is our calling, right? Yeah. And, and the thing is, we're already mobilizing around a religion that hates injustice and inequality and unfairness. Yeah. Right? So we already have platforms. We already have the numbers, right? Mm. So the thing to do right now is to continue organizing and mobilizing and stop uh, sitting on the fence because really there's, there's only losses that we can continue making as a humanity if we continue being pleasant, complacent about what is happening in our communities, you know, this, and, and they say, oh, this is so sad. Yeah, that's good, but take action. I think uh, there's a lot of things that we can do as communities, as faith-based organizations to challenge inequality. We have the numbers, we have the potential to, to drive change, to drive an agenda. But unless, and if we don't drive that agenda, that protect a people popular agenda, you know, an agenda that protects people who've, who have taken you know, who have experienced unfairness and injustice. Mm. It's that the people who are benefiting from the status will continue benefiting yeah. and they will continue exploiting and abusing the other, the people yeah. who are being pushed behind by the state of inequality. Mm. I think we need to be on the right side of history as a generation or people who are alive during a pandemic now to yeah. say cannot continue and that now is the time for change to happen. Mm. Uh, thank you, Antonia. And and what, um, I love your, your viewpoint that we need to be on the right side of history. And the right side of history for me is always with those who are hurting, those, um, those who, uh, who have been hurt and trying, and working so that systems work for people, for the yeah. uh, for the least of this, as uh, as we as we know them. So, what lessons do we learn from each other? What lessons do faith spaces? Um, what can we teach each other? Because uh, I say that cognizant of the fact that there is quite a lot of mistrust uh, um, between. Uh, and as I always say, I find myself in the middle because I belong in both sides. But what lessons can both sides learn from each other as we as we are all working towards the good of, uh, of, of each other, of the country, of the world? What lessons do we need to learn each, uh, from each other? I think my favorite lesson is that there's a greater loss if we don't come together and um, give each other solidarity and the support that is needed to challenge the structures that um, perpetrate injustice and unfairness and that simply do not recognize our humanities. It's, you are, already the system is stacked against you. The, the best and most sensible thing to do is to be in solidarity with anyone else who is pushing back and who is rejecting um, the kind of injustice that already affects you. Also, the 
my biggest lesson that I've come to realize is that nobody is a single identity. That um, all of us occupy have multiplicities of identities that expose us to different things and that allow us to connect at some level. I think inequality is one of the things we see every day and experience mm. every day and affects our lives every day or is on the verge of affecting our lives, as I said earlier. Mm. So when you think about it, most likely because um, you are a Christian, you might never probably encounter a situation where the police um, harass you, for instance, because you might think you might never encounter that position, right? Because you are outside post curfew. But for example, your child might get sick. If a child gets sick at, in the house at 2 a.m., yeah. you have no option but to go to hospital, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, at that point, yes, prayers are important, but it could be a medical emergency that requires you to leave the house right there and then. So mm. that said, you do not want to find yourself in a situation where the police want to uh, harass you, for instance, because um, you are out taking your child to hospital, right? Yeah. And and that's a thing, like when injustice happens, it meets you at the point where you are at. It There isn't... Um, there isn't, there's nothing that will protect you at that point. Yeah. It will be you against an oppressive system, right? And it's so, uh, our president's favorite word, irregardless. Irregardless. <laughs> irregardless of, of your faith status, of your, when injustice comes to your doorstep, if you, it, it comes and it comes whole and it comes fully. Yeah, and the other thing, like now, like thinking about the taxes that have been increased, like in the current financial budget, there's nowhere like Christians are going or <laughs> Muslims are going that you, you can say, oh, because I'm a Christian and me, I did not say, I am I, not an activist, so charge me less. All of us suffer when. Mm -hmm. Taxes on basic goods and services go up. All of us suffer when public services like health, education, water, you know, security are not provided. All of us suffer when the government fails to take care of us or hold people who've stolen corruption money. Yeah. All of us suffer. So I do not see why I, there are a lot of lessons to learn, but the most lesson is, the opportunity to organize and mobilize and join others already pushing back against this unfairness and the issues that we, we talk about the fighting equality alliances now. It's, there's nothing that is protecting you. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing. The only thing you can do is begin organizing and joining people on the front lines of fighting inequality because that is all we have. Yeah, and there is no history. History has shown us for sure all yeah. the wins against oppressive systems and regimes is are won when people come together, despite mm. their faith, despite their social economic classes and other identities that they have. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you that's a huge challenge, Antonia, and thank you for 
for that challenge. Um, any words, any parting shots that you feel that you wanted to speak about that we have not spoken about? Um, I think for me is just to say, um, um, it's a very opportune time to have the conversation on faith and inequality. Mm -hmm. I think we have to do better as uh, Kenyans or people who subscribe to the Christian faith. Yeah. Um, we are coming, an election period is coming up. Um, we are, we're in the year that, uh, you know, we're trying to recover from a pandemic while dealing with the other challenges that the pandemic has exposed us. So, but we begin by taking action. Mm. Uh, like I said, you know, and I want to say it again, the fight against inequality has no spectator. Nobody has the luxury of spectating. Yeah. And unless you're a beneficiary, even though, even if you're a beneficiary, you have something to say. Um, and that mm -hmm. one of the ways I believe that fighting inequality is quite, uh, the fighting inequality alliance is quite uh, good at its solidarity. So let's come together uh begin organizing in spaces that open up the spaces we occupy in churches in mosques in temples and whatever other religion we believe in to get to build a mass movement to fight and push back against inequality <sighs> thank you man my heart is i am feeling very uh motivated i'm feeling very um there is so much we can do. Uh, there is the call to fight inequality, as Antonia um, keeps saying, has no spectators. It has no, uh, it's not a spectator sport and that inequality finds you and finds you where you are. And uh, you might say that, um, that you're safe from it, but it will find you. It finds you somehow. And it, and you have to deal with it. And imagine if you've built a movement, if you're part of a network, if you're advocating and activating against inequality wherever you are, just do your bit. Do your bit. Do your little bit. Join the many. Learn from the many and grow. Grow. I think also it's the courage to grow, the courage to do it in community and not to do it alone. Yeah. And and it's it's it is a marathon. We've just come from the Olympics and the fight against and in the greatest of all time, uh, Mr. Kipchoge ran 42 kilometers. And we see that there's a difference between sprints and marathons. Marathons take time, and uh, yeah, but they it's time it's uh, tenacity and even the sprints have tenacity because I think there's a place for radical activism that um, that um, that for me is equivalent to the sprints but also we need the radical activism the spontaneous activism we also need the concentrated effort and time that is what movement built for uh, Antonia Asante Sana for this time. Thank you for thank you for gracing our, our podcast. Thank you for 
for the work that you do. I honor the work that you do. You work tirelessly uh, coordinating us. We are not an easy people to coordinate, but thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me. And I look forward to seeing all of you and all Msingi Trust supporters and followers in the festival. You know, come learn, come commune with us, come organize with us. We are really, really excited. This is the first virtual global festival. And, you know, over 126 partners, you know, grouping, community organizations from all over the world, 26 countries, five languages. I mean, me, I would rather, I don't know, miss what than miss this. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is. I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's a unique space, right? Mm -hmm. And it's such a beautiful space to experience, you know, ourselves as human beings in the multiplicity of our identities and to share, commune, build movement, remind ourselves what matters really. Mm. What really, really matters to us as a people. So come, I look forward to seeing you there. Um, if you see myself or Carol in a panel, say hi and tell us that you joined from the podcast. That would really be exciting. And yes. yeah, I, I am very excited. And thanks, Carol and Singi Trust for having us. Thank you. And uh, thank you. And see you. Go to the Fight Inequality uh, Alliance pages on on all social media platforms and on the on their website. And as always, as we wind up uh, this conversation, let's uh, remember to keep doing justice. Kwaherini and uh, see you another time. Bye. If you've been inspired, challenged and or enjoyed this conversation and would like to contribute to this and catch up with more of such, remember to follow us on social media at Msingi Trust Share this podcast with your friends and family and also consider making a donation to support the production of this podcast. Donations can be made through PayPal, msingikenya at gmail.com, Patreon at msingikenya or through M-Pesa plus 254-792-176-030. Kwaherini and thank you for joining us.